what would you guys do or buy if you won the lottery? Can I be only let you go first on this one? Um, well, I think about this at work pretty much all day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's the only way I pass the time pretty much. Just mm-hmm. what'd you do if you're rich? Um, I would solve world hunger. No, not at all. I'd probably like buy a huge Come fucking yacht. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, no, that's no, the th- that's the thing. No, is no, it, buy, is it I'd only? Buy like, I'd buy like an island for me and my boys, you know, and like like make there it like go. like the fantasy factory, like Rob Dyrdek's hey. island for me and my boys, and we're chilling. Yeah, you know that would be dope. Yeah, that would or be dope. I'd pay my way onto Mars because this Earth is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> global warming is just taking yeah. over no yeah. i i was gonna ask like it like do you have to say that you help people and this answer no, is it more dude. like a, what would you or do you sound like an asshole if you don't? what would you You're honestly the, do with the money first thing i'd probably do 50 yard line dolphin season tickets <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's it that's number one that comes to head number two is probably a plane to fly to all their away games a pg or PJ, yeah. a PJ. Definitely a plane. Not you need a, a plane. Every rich guy has a plane. You gotta have a plane. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, what do you do, I, Tom? What about you, Connor? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is move out of my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think You know I what? Think, I don't think you should. You can save a lot of money. I think the second thing uh I would do is be fiscally responsible and invest that money in property and some projects I'd like to do. Fair. Fuck you. Yeah, I know. Fair. Yeah. He's thinking oh, long term yeah, when he's already know, set up for yeah, the long you know, term. You know what the most fun thing about winning the lottery is? Being fiscally responsible. Okay, <laughs> cowboy. But like, none of us did win the lottery, so like, just have some fun with your answer. Don't say like invest. Come on. Yeah. So you already have track. a shit ton Tell of money. What are you going to invest in? What are you going to invest track. in when you already have that much money? It's not about what's one money. thing you want to buy. What would you just buy? Oh, a I would the Cubs. No, when, when I move out, I would buy a pretty nice place. I'd probably buy a car. And then, what kind of car, kind of boy? Uh, probably a Bentley. There we go. See, now right. we got them. Now, now we got we're getting them going yeah. a little bit. Well, I mean, what the Powerball was? What? How how big was it? One billion dollars. What a bill? Yeah. So government takes that out. You're probably gonna get like half of that. I would buy a place, a car, and then spend the rest on like doing shit, like making projects. I'd probably travel, take it, take a couple months off. Mm-hmm. Travel. But you still go about your normal daily festivities, which is, which is. I mean, I think the best yeah, way yeah. to go about it. You would, it. You would, would change your life too. I would definitely invest the money in working and doing stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. you guys are so boring. It, <laughs> it is. It is. That's well, <laughs> Grant, I would stop living job. responsibly in this world. I would world give you a job. Exist. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, I'd give all my boys just at least yeah. like ten grand, just on the spot. Like ten hey, grand. That's not five hundred million. Ten grand. What the hey, fuck that, am I gonna do with ten grand? That's that's how we started out, and then we see we weed out the loyal ones on the way up. Come I need on, I need at least hundred k for being your friend and putting up with your bullshit for I the past you eight years. Never talk you, you forced us to be your friend. <laughs> you baited us with free pizza. You yeah. took the bait.
Welcome back to the Nonsense Podcast. My name is Connor Connaboy, recording tonight with my co-hosts Grant Knipples and Jake Tacos. How's it going, guys? How's your week been? I'm all right. A little bit of a cold. A little bit of a cold? Right. Yeah, I'm well, I'm surviving. Drink a lot of water. I'll be mm. all right. I'll be yeah. all right. Prayers pray for Knibby. Pray. Yeah, pray. <laughs> Jack, what's up with you? PFK. I'm abbreviating that to PFK. <laughs> Hashtag PFK. But, uh, but um, on another note, I'm all right. Uh, pretty good. Staying busy. You got a cold? No, no, I don't get. I don't. I, I don't get head. sick. I don't get sick. I don't either. Like ever. And when I do, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, Quick what question. is happening right now? Um, do colds actually come from you just like being? exposed to cold weather or how to, or that mm. why is it called a cold i don't know but i'm pretty sure the thing about like colds are is it like being cold season and spending more time indoors and surrounded by people so you're exposed to dust. more germs yeah, yeah. i think I'm, I'm no doctor yeah, yeah. window <laughs> windows aren't open things like that okay interesting mm-hmm. Halloween is right around the corner, and like clockwork, blackface is in the news. Uh, on why don't we get this? You can't do it <laughs> yeah, every honestly. year. Every year we go through this. So yeah. there's this. I think she works for NBC. Uh, she used to work for Fox. Her name is Megan Kelly. On her talk show this week, she didn't understand that blackface was wrong. And here's her quote. <laughs> But what is racist? Because you do get in trouble if you're a white person who puts on blackface on Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface for Halloween. Back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. So first off, let's break this down. Megan Kelly's 47, so that was not okay when she was a kid. <laughs> like she's 80. Yeah, so she understands, you know, the world and okay. But like the whole thing is, and in her apology, she was like, oh, well, I'm just learning. You're just learning blackface isn't cool? <laughs> Come on. I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. My family and I dressed up as Jackson 5 for one year of Halloween. And Did you guys do blackface? Was that racist? <laughs> If you did blackface. But, but since you're doing it as a character, like she just said. No. It's but it's not it's cool. still racist. part of the problem is that it's a character because like blackface, yeah, it's a caricature of <laughs> feature. Damn it, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> why are we like why do people compliment us? I'm oh, crying. I'm bad. That That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Damn it, mom and dad. They don't never, know. You never answered the question. Did you guys do blackface? Yeah, yeah. Skin a different color if that's what you're asking. Jesus Christ. Damn it. That's not cool though. Like now that I look back at it. But like you were young, so you were we're blaming that one on your parents. (laughs) Yeah. I was like nine. Yeah, no, that's definitely on And I was Michael. I was Michael, so I thought I was cool. Of course. Well that makes things a little better. Damn it, mom and dad. Yeah, it does. It has to a little bit, right? At least for my sake. My parents, on the other hand, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just not cool. Like, it's not like anyone who does blackface hates black people. It's just like the act of doing that is inherently racist. It's portraying caricatures of an entire race of people. Well, yeah, you know where like blackface originated was like the vaudeville theaters, where yeah, like 
when black people they, weren't allowed to act. Yeah, when black people weren't <laughs> allowed to act. So they Oh, so they pandered. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. And and it was a joke to make fun of like how back in the day how people would be like, Oh, they're stupid and lazy and stuff, and they would exaggerate features on the faces and portray yeah. these characters. I've heard an argument made that they would do the blackface so you could see better see like people in the back could better see the singers like lips singing and stuff like that in the plays, but that is no just a weird stretch and weird weird spin zone. Well, Bad dude, spin zone. Yeah, it, it, it's like the it's like the thing we we're talking about with uh, the Serena Williams caricature. It's yeah, a cartoon. Yeah. That's what blackface is. It's just a cartoon yeah. that's exaggerating everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is bad. Well, I'm gonna burn those photos from that night. <laughs> you have photos? Yeah, well, yeah. Holy shit! Oh. You need to see that. Like I told you, like it was almost like a hit. Like we were, it was. You no, know, like I a, think I did see that picture once. You I definitely know. did. It Dude, was like it was that. like hung up. That's and gotta go up on the Instagram. <laughs> it definitely has. It definitely has. I'll put it on there. See, this as, is why I don't want my name on the podcast. <laughs> I know. I know, and it's bad. It's bad. Uh, I didn't know till now. I'm, no, that's weird. That's that funny. Yeah, it, but but at least you recognize that it's bad mm-hmm. rather than Megan Kelly being like, "That's not bad." Yeah, this is coming yeah. from the same woman. Um, ah, she's made a lot of shitty comments yeah. like how Cat? Santa, how Santa can't be black, and how Jesus, who biblically is from the Middle East, is white. But that's how? a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, that's true. Me- Megan, Jesus was Megan. definitely team light skin for sure. <laughs> Jesus yeah, was for yeah, sure yeah. team light skin. That light skin, blue eyes combo. Which, which works, Sad, though, still, dude. because he's right in the middle. You know, he's, like, right in the middle of everyone. So it's good, you know? That, that one felt a little racist. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, uh, it's just a play on words, you know? All right, all right. I don't know. Well, Come on, give it but, to um, me. Might be a couple seconds cut out of that one. <laughs> but but was ha- Halloween and blackface controversies set aside... I think Halloween, like all other holidays, is grossly overrated. I don't disagree. I think I'm done with Halloween now. Because, like, I did the, I mean, I did the growing up, getting candy, and then you uh-huh. skip, then you, like, in high school, you do, like, the TPing people on, like, Devil's Night or Fright Night, whatever people call it these oh, days. Dude, TPing people is so much fun. Never syruping. did that. I loved syruping. That was a good one, too. You guys are assholes. <laughs> we were just kids come on we're just kids. kids boys will be boys <laughs> and then like did, <laughs> let the boys be boys <laughs> um but then like did like the college halloween thing which was always a goofy time and very fun but i i don't think i do halloween anymore I just think all ho- holidays are overrated and Halloween is Halloween is up there with New Year's as like one of the most overrated. I can get on board with people really loving Christmas and Thanksgiving cuz it's family and giving and all that stuff, but like Halloween and New Year's are just two days that one they never live up to the hype. They're not that fun. And with like Halloween it's just people trying to get drunk and fuck. That's Halloween in college. It's either so, get candy or getting drunk and fucking. So you how do you not like New Year's? Dude, yeah, dude, New Year's is dead. That's New what I was going to say. Sucks. I'd compare Halloween to like St. Patrick's Day. St. Patty's Day is fun. Well, no, exactly. Let's, let's agree. Like all those, all other holidays, like that, are just an excuse for people to get drunk. Yeah. Like St. Patty, Patty's Day and Hall- Halloween, like they have no real cultural significance. On, but like, St. Saint, Patty's Day owns it, Halloween doesn't. 
St. Patty's Day, everyone knows it's about drinking, and they own that shit. I think for everyone over the age of fucking 10, they think, or sorry, 10's a little young. Yeah, Probably, geez, anyone age of the age of 15 like knows Halloween is for drinking as well. Yeah, it really is. 15, that's a little low. <laughs> 16. Wait, you never, well, you never, you don't, you don't like beer? You don't like beer? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like beer? Um, Love beer. No, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like holidays in general, but I think Halloween and New Year's are the worst. No, New Year's is like, a good, like you Dude, know, another when, year, when, you know? Is it because you didn't last, get a kiss? When, yeah, <laughs> I think it's because you didn't get a kiss. When's the last time a New Year's party really lived up to the hype and, like, the entire New Year's? Never. Uh, Bay Harbor. Answer. Bay Harbor was fun on New Year's. That was I, I mean, that. it was fun, but it's not like it gets, it was as fun as any other party we ever had anyway. That's fair. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But it's about a new year, kind of boy. It's about the I know, but change of the number. At least it changes something. Halloween is just there, you know, but like New Year's has meaning to it. Is all. But it doesn't, is what I'm saying. It's it's all, it's all, it's all liberal. It's how, it's how it's long we've been here. The That's earth has lived. Right. It's, it's how long the earth has lived. Or how long, you know? So the earth Jack, is 2018. Jack, Jack's, a, Jack's a creationist. <laughs> the, the, the calendar, you know, it goes yes. back far and, and we're here now. Uh, now thinking back on it, I don't think I have enjoyed New Year's in the last probably six years. Right? It's, it's so, it never lives up to the hype. I usually don't like even really remember or make it to midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean that's fair but yeah it's like yeah it, it just doesn't live up to the hype and everyone it's every year everyone's like oh there's new year's there's a new year's party it's going to be the best no it's not it's going to be like any other weekend with your friends or a party i blame the movies the movies always hype stuff new year's as a great great time mm-hmm. Never that's is. very fair there's a movie just called new year's eve so yeah there is is there what what a great movie. great movie great what movie other movies are, it's not. what, what other enjoy it what other movies have New Year's in it? Any movie with Christmas also has New Year's usually. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Because There's usually, like High School Musical fight. doesn't that doesn't want it, one of them starts at uh yeah the first one the, the first singing. one the first yeah. scene yeah that's New Year's yeah. Eve that's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> We're gonna call you out. We're gonna call you out. High School Musical yeah. that was unrealistic. yeah great, was, no, great movie but be a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's unrealistic. It's Troy Bolton hitting the game-winning bucket than going and killing a fucking solo. That's oh. No, that was just baller. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the best part of that movie that no one, or people question it, but just everyone in the entire school knows every song and dance choreographed mm-hmm. to a T. Mm-hmm. I wish I went to a high school like that. That would be fucking Me too. dope. Me too. That would be so weird. You just like, somebody starts singing, and then you have to like start yeah. singing, dancing. Like, what's happening? No, yeah, like, how do yeah, I know? No, you're just at lunch, like fuck, not again. Yeah, <laughs> like for the fourth time <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if we were just fuck. in like team games, and then just like we we did a flash mob? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that would have been hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think costumes are another part of Halloween I don't like. Mainly because there are costumes and people that put a lot of thought and effort into their costumes, and that's admirable. Kudos to you for taking that and making it creative. But there's also people that don't put any effort or just copy everyone else. Like this year, it's going to be Fortnite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, what what other Halloween couples costumes? 
Come Riverdale? on. You're not Riverdale. I don't like couples costumes. This is how I'll phrase it. I don't like couples costumes when it's like they're trying to be like cute and not like funny and clever. Like, like quirky. No, like, you know there's going to be so many uh, like Prince Harry's and Meghan Markle's this year. And it's like that's not even that's not even like a costume. You're just being a, a beautiful human. You know? <laughs> and like, but no, it would be funny. It's like Trump and Stormy Daniels. That'd be a funny couple. Oh, that would be a really funny. Yeah. And then they like you got to really play the bit all night too. like. Yeah, the, the Trump boyfriend would have to. Yeah. I've always, I've always wanted to be two characters. One, Lieutenant Dan, I think from Forrest Gump, <laughs> the best costume. And the second one would be Bob Vance from The Office, and just all night introduce yourself, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> I have a really good story about Lieutenant Dan. Last uh, Halloween, my roommates Patrick and Matt were Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. Did we have like a wheelchair? Yes. No, two weeks earlier, we had found a wheelchair just in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> we just kept it in our kitchen. We all got Whoa, really good. Well, hold on. Finding a wheelchair, that's kind of dark. <laughs> like, yeah. Wheelchair <laughs> well, we live, we live no. near a hospital, so okay. that doesn't help things. Yeah. But. No, but who needs this? Who needs this? Yeah. <laughs> but continue. As any smart kid does, we take it into our house. We actually got all pretty good at like doing the two-wheeled wheelie thing, like very fun. There you go. But, uh, so they used the wheelchair on Halloween night, and like my friend Matt was push- pushing Patrick around the whole time, and it looked hilarious. Like Patrick tied his pants off, so it looked like he had no legs and stuff. And they end up getting stopped by the police, and he's like, "Where'd you get that wheelchair? That's stolen property." And my friends were like, "Oh, we literally just found it in our backyard." Like. And they're like, we've been looking for this wheelchair for like three weeks. Like, you for need to return it right now. <laughs> I know. And so he made them push it all the way to the hospital and return it on Halloween night. It was like 1230. They were like drunk as shit. So they had to push this wheelchair all the way to the hospital. That sucks. Dude, what yeah. assholes. P- people go- being dressed up as like objects. Like some people are going to go as like a jewel this year. Like, is that funny? No, because I think a lot of people are going to do it. But, you know, like, along couples costumes, you know what is funny is, like, they're ones from uh, How I Met Your Mother that Lily and Marshall would do, like, salt, pepper, and cumin. That's funny. Salt and pepper, not funny. funny. But adding Mm -hmm. cumin for the third wheel makes it. Yeah, Yeah, that is funny. How do you guys feel about, like, overly scary costumes? Because, like, some people go, like, really Oh, yeah. if it's creative right. more power but, to you yeah but like also don't talk to me because you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't want to hear your real voice like what i you respect you like. from afar but like right now i know you're on your bullshit and i'm not yeah <laughs> yeah you know people that make those costumes are real fucking in character just all night. and they really love halloween yeah yeah they might hurt you. Like they might hurt you that they might hurt you that night. Who knows what they're going for? I don't trust people that like holidays that much. I don't, I don't trust they're... people that like, especially Halloween, because they're like, "Oh, the moon is full. I'm at my like greatest strength right now." And you're like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Like, what are you <laughs> Where is your dungeon? Yeah. And keep me as far away as possible. Yeah. Please. <laughs> What's he drinking? I want some of that. <laughs> Grant, where are you? <laughs> Help. Uh, <laughs> You guys been watching scary movies to prepare for the, prepare for the spookies? I haven't been, but I want to watch A Quiet Place. I've heard that's very, very good. John Krasinski, big fan. And then there's this new show on Netflix called like The Haunting of the Hill House or something like that. That 
I heard was really good. And then I saw, uh, I didn't read it because I don't want spoilers, but I saw this BuzzFeed article. And yeah, I read BuzzFeed sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes, you know. Dude, it's kind of addictive. Sometimes. um, But there's apparently, like there's the whole plot of the movie or the the show or whatever, but apparently there's ghosts and other things hidden in scenes that don't get brought up. And like, I didn't look at this article because I don't want to spoilers or whatever, but this article goes through like 20 different instances where there's ghosts hidden in scenes, not about ghosts. And that's the kind of show I want to watch. That's interesting. I have not heard of that, but I did hear A Quiet Place was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been watching any scary movies? I watched uh, Children of the Corn the other night. Is that what good? Sh- what a yeah, shitty yeah. movie. What? The, the, <laughs> the original? Yeah. You know you were shitty. You haven't seen it. Yeah, I have with Jahan in my basement way back when. You thought it was shitty? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought Jack, maybe for its Jack time. Only, Jack only likes blockbuster movies. Let's yeah. That's that. just not true. I watch all different sorts of movies. It was made like less than two years ago. Jack can't like it. Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Oculus? That's one of my favorite scary movies. No. What is that like one of those scary movies that's like big and like spirit and nature kind of scary movies or like a thriller scary movie? Um, it's very, very like, how do you say, like intellectually scary. So there are some jump scares and like the visual scares, but a lot of it's, oh, psychological. It's like a psychological oh, okay. thriller. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard yeah. of it. I've heard of it. I really like the picture. Yeah, I really like movies that fuck with your head. It's basically this movie about these two kids uh, are in a house or whatever, and this like possessed mirror kills one of their parents or both their parents, and it gets blamed on one of the kids who gets sent to prison. And then when he gets out, the sister who's been advocating for him, they go back to the house to try and like destroy this mirror or figure out what's going on. But the thing about this de- this uh, demented mirror is when you're like in the presence of that house or whatever, you see what it wants you to see. So like the entire movie, you can't really tell what's real and what isn't, which is pretty, which is kind of really, really cool, I guess. Yeah. I like movies that do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't usually like, like fuck with, I like more like thriller scary movies. I like talking during scary movies. I know that might be an unpopular mm-hmm. thing. But I think that's it's the a coping only way. mechanism. Yeah, I know, I know it, it comforts you. No, I because like Jack, we always used to do that in their ba- in your basement. Mm-hmm. Like we watched. Uh, that was the point. You try and joke it off. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just joke it off. Like make fun of. Like uh, remember when we watched what was it? The one scary movie, and there was like Toby's Corner, and we were like, oh, oh we're like go. We were like Team Toby, Team Toby. Like, oh, we were oh I was the there guy. for that. That was yes. uh, the Conjuring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, she's like, "That's Toby's room," and we're Dude. like, "Don't go in Toby's oh room." <laughs> <laughs> like, that, no. I would say that movie. I think it was either The Conjuring or The Conjuring Two ruined watching scary movies with light or in the daytime. Because I used mm-hmm. to think like any scary movie in the daytime I was cool with, but like mm-hmm. half of that movie is them getting fucked with lights on. And yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 can't do this anymore. Yeah, I I, I tried to start. I tried to watch scary movies by myself, but when I was like watching Oculus the first time, I had to stop halfway through because I was just like, I was in my dorm room when I was at Butler by myself, and I just couldn't finish it. Yeah. 
Have you guys ever seen the Baba Duke? I haven't seen oh, it. Oh yeah. The, the, one of my friends at Butler that lived down the hall from me watched it himself and legitimately knocked on my door and was like, "Yo, like," and he was like, "Yo, can you come hang out with me? Like, I can't be alone right now." <laughs> Um, yeah, I watched that movie, but it, that was one of those ones like we made fun of, so it wasn't as scary for me because mm-hmm. we called it, we I was watching it with Rab, so we called it the Robba Duke the whole time. Oh no, <laughs> that'll ruin a scary movie. But, but, the, but you know what? But I did love it. I did love but it. Was it. it was a good, good movie. Flirt. But that was the best when like everyone was like it was like that scene in the movie when it was just silent, you know, and then one of us just said something. <laughs> like while it was like you know how they do the movies that are just they go silent and you're like you know something's about to happen yeah, yeah. right now suspense. and you're supposed to be quiet until the no we would say something funny as shit to just throw it off just ruin it yeah that's such a <laughs> shitty way to watch scary movies <laughs> i think it's it like really my, one of my favorite things to do to be honest no you still do it oh, today oh so. totally but i do you, when we were watching you know. children of the corn i was rooting for the children <laughs> I, I'm a lot of times I'll root for the ghost unless they're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Cause like, you don't know what that ghost has been through. There's a reason he's a ghost. Like, did you think for a second? Like, you all right. Yeah. You're coming into his house. Yeah. You, you know? know? Yeah. You ever ask, what do you want me to do? Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> and then if it's something super dark Nothing then you like, decide okay, if like, the ghost is an ass yeah, or not or just be like hey quit being a dick we can go <laughs> bro, here we just, like, can we just like chill bro yeah yeah like, crack if every ghost crack, was casper crack crack open a cold one with the yeah blood. i was gonna say you want, you want a beer oh, that's, <laughs> that's like insensitive beer? that's you insensitive like you can't really probably swallow that <laughs> cultural appropriation uh next uh current event big news this pat or last week canada legalized recreational pot nationwide how about that guys Woo, three words i'm going to canada uh, <laughs> uh, uh. oh that sucked that sucked <laughs> um, um but like also not unrealistic no yeah like so uh canada legalized it nationwide for 18 or 19 year olds depending on where you are and within the first four days they had almost run out because of the limitations on supply and stuff no way yeah canada loves their reefer yeah Mm -hmm. pretty crazy so is it like it's like it's like totally like you can just go to the store buy weed walk out spark it up that's so wild. Well, I don't know about sparking up. I don't even know in like places like Denver, California. I still technically don't think it's legal just to like walk on the street and. I think I did read something that it's like the territories control how you can use it, but like you can use it. Yeah, it's kind of like I guess tobacco, where you can't just smoke everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool I, though, man. So but, uh, was it kind of was it you who was telling me that South Korea is like not allowing? Their citizens, like even if they go smoke weed, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Korea, South Korea, and apparently I was looking at a lot of countries have this law, but most of them don't enforce it at all. But basically, South Korea has these laws in place where not only do you have to agree to uh, and follow the local laws of whatever country or city you're in, but you still have to follow South Korean laws. And like the U.S. (laughs) has that, but they don't enforce it. But South Korea put out a tweet that basically said, even though marijuana is legal in Canada, if you get caught smoking while you're in Canada or anything like that, whether you're a student or working there, 
they will prosecute you when you get back to South Korea if they find out you smoke somewhere else. And apparently South Korea is one of the hardest countries on weed. Like you can get up to, I don't know, I don't want to say like probably six months to a year or whatever just for having anything. Like just oh for God. having smoked, not even possession, just for That's like wild. failing a drug test. That's wild because like I honestly don't even really think weed's illegal half the time. You know, like you yeah, forget. I don't that either. It's like it's so normalized now. There, there was a point in my life where alcohol was harder to get than weed. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you know how easy it was to get weed in high school, and how hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. It that was, was ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's true. I don't know. That's that's weird. I mean, Russia, I, know, came, but I guess Russia all of all countries weed. also came out against it and was like, Canada's violating international laws. Like, R- Russia, really? You of Russia? all people? <laughs> you sure this is, you want to die on that hill <laughs> um but yeah dude i think uh canada's on to something i wish uh trudeau was our leader let's be real so, uh, so what do we say like january 18th sound like a good weekend for all three of us <laughs> go yeah. to, uh, let's go to toronto i've never been i got family there there are italians in canada i didn't know that I got a little, my grandfather on my mom's side is from Canada, so he's got family. There. Well, to be fair, Detroit's really close. Yeah. Right across yeah. the river, baby, Windsor. Yeah. The mom probably, oh, there's a casino there too. Yeah, I've been oh, to yeah. Windsor. Yeah, let's go, I have get, a let's go gamble all our money away. Yeah, you guys went to Canada. You guys yeah, went to Canada. My sophomore year, we went to Canada. Nice. It's, awesome. it's actually a lot of fun. That That casino, they make you parlay every sports bet, which is bullshit, but everything else is pretty fun. Yeah, Cheetahs is the best strip club there. <laughs> they, cool. They, they have a they have a shower on stage. Write that down, Conway. Write that down. <laughs> I'm not a strip club guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not either. But you know, hey, yeah, everyone's got to go. Here, you, here you go again. Twisting my words. <laughs> mm-hmm. It comes to my attention that you two, Jack and Grant, have a disagreement uh, over a sports bet that you guys made with each other. And to go through this bet, we figured the best way to handle this was to bring in myself, a an impartial third-party mediator, to settle out who who is right in this and what the final bet is going to be. So I would like to introduce to you guys the first episode of The Nonsense Court. Today on The Nonsense Court, we have the plaintiff, Grant Knibby, who alleges that he and Jack made a bet of $50 in Jack's parents' restaurant while he was in Miami. This bet was Michael Thomas, the wide receiver, will break the single season record for receptions. The defendant, Jack Toko, disagrees and states that the bet was for $25 and alleges Grant has the entire story wrong. Guys, how this is going to work is you will both give your opening statements individually, then you will give your facts of the case, and I will question those facts, and then you will give your closing arguments, and then I will uh, deliver a verdict that I want to hear from you guys. You guys both accept the final ruling of this on the podcast for this bet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will okay. put my word down. No, okay, that's legally binding. I'm a judge. I didn't go to law. I didn't go to law school and become a judge to put up with shit from punks. Hand mm-hmm. on the karate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kinibi, you're the plaintiff. Let's hear your opening statement. Well, I would just, I'd, I'd like to open up to the courtroom. Um, just saying that I have fallen victim to a classic case of Toko talking out of his ass, not backing mm -hmm. it up, and then retracting on his statements in the process. So Jack has been known to make these outlandish statements, and he never can actually back them up with facts. So the day he made these statements saying that Mr. Michael Thomas would surpass Marvin Harrison's catch record in the season, you know, I saw that as a time, you know, I like, to, I like to question him. I think of myself as a man of reason. So when he's saying that, oh, this is fact, you know, I have to question him, play devil's advocate. So we get into the argument and, uh, you know, I'm so confident we put, we put some money on the line. Uh, I think that my opponent is going to say that I was inebriated and that I do not remember the situation uh, correctly, but none of that is true. And I just want to say that uh, I'm a reasonable man. I remember how the bet was placed, and I will not let Jack use his, what he thinks is truth, but is really just his shitty memory as fact. Thank you, Mr. Kinnaby. Uh, May I be Jack seated? Yes, you may be seated. Uh, Mr. Tucko, if you'd please stand and give your opening statement. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if you have ever listened to any of our past podcasts, you would know that I am confident in, in a group of names, names known as Odell Beckham Jr., names as even Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, not once have I ever spoken the name Michael Thomas, nor am I a fan of this man whatsoever. He did set the single season record through the first three games of 38 catches, which is a fact. He did set that record. So he had that many. So, and I got the notification and was like, this is just, you know, he's on track to beat it by about 50, 60 catches right now. So I talked to Mr. Kanibi at the table in the mall and, and we had a discussion and I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to forget about the original bet, which is why we should have written it down. With that aside, with that aside, I know the bet that I placed and I'm going to make my case in regards to the matter. Thank you, Mr. Tucko. We will now move on to the facts of the case. Grant, what what happened? How was how was this bet made? Tell me what led up to it. So what happened was we were at we were not at the mall. We were at Jack's parents' restaurant, and Jack got the notification that Michael Thomas had these whatever receptions. And so Jack starts spouting off, being like, "Oh, he's gonna smash the record, this and that. Like he's gonna beat it by so many receptions." And I'm like, "Hold up, man! It's three games into the season. You know he's trending up right now, but." There's 13 games left. You can't, you can't just say he's going to smash the record. So Jack's all confident that the record is going to be smashed and that it's like not even a contest. So I'm like, all right, bet, bitch. Put your money where your mouth is. And so we make the bet. And I'm like, he's feeling confident. And you know what? I, I, I was a little money fluid at the time. I just had gotten paid. So I was like, throw 50 on it. I don't care. Like, I'm trying to prove him wrong because like we were in his own restaurant. So I'm trying to flex on him a little bit. But were you so that's, were you inebriated? No, and it's impossible for me to be inebriated because all right, even if we were at the mall, which he claims when the when the bet was made, I was inebriated at neither because we got off our flight, which I did not drink for because it was at six in the morning. 
So we got off our flight. Jack picks us up. We go to his apartment, and we went straight to the restaurant after. I had two beers at the restaurant, and then we went to the mall, and we didn't drink again until we got back from the mall. So there's no possible way that I could have been inebriated in either of the situations he's going to bring forward. He wasn't. An, he was Jack, not. Jack, he was Jack. not inebriated. That's yep. all I want to say. You will. You'll have your time. This is Grant's time. Grant, I would love Mr. Kennedy continue. Bailiff, you can sit down. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, and obviously, you know, Jack, you know, he he said in his opening statements, I, I know these facts and everything. It, just because you know football stats doesn't mean you can predict future football stats. So that's where I felt confident in my betting. And, you know, when Jack yells, he goes blind. So there's no way he has a great memory of the situation because he yells. There's veins popping all over the place. He has no idea what he's talking about. But I want my last piece of evidence is I have two things. Mm -hmm. So 38 catches through three games or whatever. I think it was actually 40 catches, Jack. We'll give you two more. Um, That means there's 14 games left. He has 103 receptions to go. That's almost eight receptions a game. He has to get at least eight receptions in every single game thereafter. I don't see it happening. So I think that's a good bet, and I'm pretty confident in that. So I'm willing to put a good amount of money on it, thus giving us the $50. And also, I'd like to point out, Jack originally said it was only $20. No one makes a $20 bet. Everyone makes 25 or 50 No one does $20 bets. That's bullshit, and I'd like, the, I'd like that on record. I'm on the the record. jury agrees? The jury agrees. Record. And so then my last point is there is only one other person that could have been there to hear this story, and that is Mr. Stephen Joseph Gillespie. And he or, was in, or he let was me a, say, it's Stephen Quiz Lesby. He was a guest on a previous episode. Yes. So Stephen Quiz Lesby was the only other person there when this conversation took place. So I texted him today, and I sent the screenshots. Connor, you saw them. I did. You submitted they, those as evidence A. They did not look doctored, did they? They did not. They did not. So I texted him. I said, did the, the bet Jack and I made about Michael Thomas in Florida, was it 20 or $25? Because Jack and I were at that point, you know, we were all over the place, mm-hmm. just arguing ourselves in circles. And he said, I thought it was more like 100. And 50 is closer to 100 than 25 is. So I think math. that's, I think my last argument is the only other person that was there agrees that it was closer to a large amount than a small amount. I rest my case. There's a couple things. The first thing is whether or not Michael Thomas hits this record has no bearing on the bet, the bet or the court case. Right, right, right. Um, but I was using that as evidence yes. that sure. I, I was confident in my, I did the numbers in my head. I was confident. So I would have put a lot of money on. Okay. Uh, do you have any concrete pieces of evidence outside of the text from Stephen to submit? Um, you know, Jack and I did not did not write it down ever what we were going to bet. Okay. I must admit that that was a mistake on both our parts. And but there uh, was a handshake. Ooh, we just don't remember. We just was don't there. Remember. Um, is there it. is there any significance in the location, whether it be the mall or? pizza pans where this alleged bet took place in the facts that he's going to make about my inebriation and memory of the event both of those locations i know for a fact i was not inebriated at so it does not 
the location does not necessarily matter. Okay. I think that's all the questions I have. Mr. Toko, uh, thank you, Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Toko, would you like to state your facts of the case of how this story came to be? I, I can I sit down now. Yes, you can sit down. Can I go potty? No. Okay, Mr. Conaboy. First judge thing, Judge, judge Conaboy, that's on me. Um, what, I would, what I would like to start off by saying is when I texted that Grant was, you know, not sober in the text, that was kind of just a joke. That, but you cannot understand, you know, the way I'm saying it through text. So, but if you would have heard me out loud, it would have just been a joke is all it was. Um, because we weren't, we were sober through the times, but we were at the mall before the Drake and Migos concert. And Grant had just gotten his gelato. And Steven and I had just gotten smoothies from the local juice bar. And we're sitting down at the table. What, what juice bar did you get your smoothies from? It, honestly, it's just like called the juice bar in the mall it's like a mall thing. okay that's really it um but yeah so we're sitting down there and i get this stat and i'm like whoa 38 catches in three games 40 catches in three games it's 38 by the way but 38 catches in three games i mean that's just impressive i mean as of right now this man's on track to be at by 43 you know 43 catches or something like that so i'm impressed okay i'm impressed but the question is like i said in my opening statement have i ever mentioned michael thomas ever do i really care that much about michael thomas no so this is the way the conversation went after grant had said let's put some money on it i said all right five bucks okay and he said no i don't bet five bucks wait a minute let's go 50 okay and i said i'm not spending 50 dollars on, on michael thomas just in case he loses i don't care that much about this bet michael thomas means nothing to me and it's not about my pride at all. So then Mr. Kanibi goes, meet me halfway. And I said, 25? He said, 25. Not 20. I'm sorry about that. And again, just text. He said, 25. And after that, right there on the spot, we shook on it. $25, not 50, not 5, 25, right on the spot. So that was how the conversation went down. And that's all I have to say in regards to that. Um, so I, I have a couple questions. The first one being, how would you address the allegations that you often get hyped up and impulsive when talking about sports and making bets out of the blue? That is an accusation that has happened multiple times that you've been accused of. It's never been brought to this court, but I've heard from previous judges you've been you've been uh, alleged to make hyperbolic statements about bets and back out on that. I make hyperbolic statements about bets. I mean, about stats. That's fine. But I don't bet on stats. Not, I mean, and if I do, it's for a low amount of money. Just a fun little, I'm not throwing out hundos and 50 burgers on something I don't care that much about and doesn't affect me in regards. I'm not going to put $50 on Michael Thomas breaking this catch record like he's my favorite player on planet Earth. Okay? That's why we met halfway. And it was $25 in a, in a simple form. I'm going to bring up some evidence, evidence B from our Nonsense Podcast group chat. The first instance, how this started, uh, we were talking about doing a fantasy football segment and Grant had texted out of the blue, quote, you're going to owe me $50 for the Mike Thomas bet. And then Jack replied, that was 20, quote, quit upping shit, 
you had originally stated that the bet was for $20 and now your argument in the defense is 25. What's, what's, what's that difference? Because I remembered, he said, meet me halfway. I did not remember it at the time until I did some hard thinking. So what's half of $50, $25. That's what it was. Great math. And I, sh- honestly, and, I sh- and, then we, and then we shook on it right there. He said 50 and I was like, whoa, I don't care that much, dude. And then he said, meet me halfway. Boom, 25 bucks, done, simple. That was it. Now, in the group chat, you, you did get a little hostile, which, which adds to uh, the plaintiff's point of you getting up. You called, <laughs> sorry for laughing. <laughs> this should be impartial. <laughs> you, did, you did call Mr. Kennedy a quote. <laughs> Uh, you called Mr. Kennedy quote puffball. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> can, can, can you explain your own? <laughs> I, I, I I was. I'm gonna poo. You called. You called Mr. Kennedy a puffball. Can you explain your hostility? <laughs> My hostility was that I knew this was going to happen if we didn't write it fucking down. <laughs> Is that somebody wasn't going to come up with the correct number and we were both going to have different numbers in our heads when the time came to bring it back up again. And it's been a couple months now. So obviously neither of us remember. And I knew he'd fabricate some large number. Why did you allege initially that Mr. Kinibi was inebriated during the bet? Again, once again, it was a joke. It was a joke. I said I was the only sober one, being that I was the one doing the driving the whole time. So I, so I had to be a little sober. And it was just a joke. It was just funny and accurate at my time. Because couldn't it be, did I or did I not do the driving? That was not accurate. You can't say I was inebriated when I wasn't. But it's based off the joke. It was just a joke. It was just a play on words. Off the record. Off the record. All right. Uh, we'll strike that from the record. Strike that. Thank you. Um, I'm just looking back through this evidence, making sure I don't have any more questions here. Jack, one last question before you guys give your closing arguments. Are you confident you will win this bet? Uh, he has to get 90 catches in 10 games, which means he's got to, again, average around eight, nine catches a game, being that sometimes he can get maybe a 15-catch game or something like that. I mean, I'm I'm it's as a yes or no question. I'm as confident as I was when I made the bet on a $25 bet. Not a $50 bet, a $25 bet. Okay. Uh now it's time for the closing arguments. Uh Mr. Toko, you'll go first this time. <sighs> closing argument. This is your last chance to convince me. Judge Connaboy. Judge Connaboy. <laughs> what I'm telling you is entirely true and and at the end at the end of our discussion it was there was a hand shake on a $25 bet like i said i don't make bets on players that i don't quite care about okay if this was odell beckham or jarvis and they and they were on track i'd take this $50 bet I would do it. I would bet $50 right now. But it's Michael Thomas on a team that I do not care that much about. At the time, I thought was a relevant stat. 
That was it. I thought it was cool. And I wasn't going to put up a massive amount of money at like 50 because I told them, just meet me in the middle. We'll go 25. We'll settle this right now. I don't care about losing 25 bucks. It's a long season. Fine. Perfect. But 50, do I really care that much about Michael Thomas? Do I really? The answer is no. Thank you, Mr. Toko. Uh, Mr. Kinnibi, your closing argument? Yeah, I've, uh, I've largely stayed silent during most of Mr. Toko's outrageous claims, but I would just like to say... Which is, let's, let's state that that's expected. I will not have arguing in this courtroom. This is fair. Yes, th- yes. All right, sorry. Um, but I would just like to ask the jury, did Mr. Toko present any evidence at all? No. He simply stated that he wouldn't do it because he doesn't like Michael Thomas that much. But I think from Mr. Toko's track record, we have all seen that he does love being right about football stats. And he is very passionate about football stats. He is maybe even $50 worth of proving someone else wrong passionate about football stats. So I just think that there is quite a bit of lack of evidence other than Mr. Toko's so-called memory of the event, which apparently it's a, it's a he said, she said on how the event took place. So I don't think there's any fact in either of our statements that can be nailed down by the jury. So I would just like to say that I presented a decent amount of hard evidence that the jury can see where Mr. Toko simply said, I wouldn't do that. So at the end of the day, I believe not only is he lying, is that he produced inadequate evidence to even make an argument for himself. And I rest my case. I thank you both for taking this uh, to the nonsense court uh, and trusting me with this decision. So here's... Thank you for hearing us out, Judge Conaboy. Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So here's where I'm at with the facts. Jack got aggressive... He he called Mr. Kennedy names such, a, <laughs> such as puffball, <laughs> um, and he and he's shown inconsistency in his statements. He is also prone to be right about football, but I find his argument that if he really didn't care that much, he wouldn't throw down fifty dollars from the. Uh, the overall circumstance of he had just paid a bunch of money for Drake tickets. Is that correct, Mr. Toko? This is true. How much money did you spend in the days prior to making this bet? Uh, $650. And then a $100 fantasy football league entry with Jahan's league that we are both in. So that's a total of seven hundred three weeks into the season. So you paid that $100 three weeks earlier. You weren't starting your fantasy football league three weeks into the season. Okay, but still. No, ja- Jahan allowed. I, I bought, I bought as, the as, tickets as when I bought. Mr. Toko, please, your Sorry. honor is speaking. Uh, Jahan, being the great fantasy commissioner, allows a credit system as long as you pay before the trade deadline. Thank you. So that's standard for this league. Um, I'd like to see a check. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I understand where Mr. Toko is coming from. I also understand Mr. Knibby throwing down $50 being the uh, avid gambler you are. I don't necessarily see you betting anything under $50 for something like this, but it's possible in a small bet 
I'm still trying to wrap my head around the location and how this plays into things, given this bet isn't just about the amount you guys are disagreeing about where this bet took place, which brings in question, you know, kind of both of your credibility for me, given I don't, I, I don't know that either of you has your facts straight because one of you's right and one of you's not. So given uh, the lack of hard evidence of anything taken down, I rule, and let me finish before you celebrate, I rule in favor of the plaintiff based off of Jack's history, but the winner of this bet will not get $50. This bet will now be a set in stone $35, $10 max of the 25 but less than the 50 because I cannot definitively say Mr. Knibby's statements are correct. Court adjourned. The Shane Dawson, Jake Paul documentary ended this previous week, and I thought we'd take uh, some time to talk about it. Um, so just some facts. We've talked about this before, but the Shane Dawson documentary on the mind of Jake Paul was eight episodes. And over those eight episodes, it has so far accumulated 135 million views, just just under 17 million per episode with just a team of two people, Shane Dawson and the guy who helps him film and edit. He has a name. It's Andrew. It's Andrew. Yeah. I forgot his name. Um, (laughs) Thanks Grant. Um, Don't forget the guys behind the scenes, (laughs) (laughs) but a a team of two people. uh, And then Shane had just won the streamy for creator of the year for his doc about Tanacon. And this is just insane. What a two man production crew can do not only in like, views wise but just their production of that documentary was very very high quality so i have a couple questions to ask you guys but the first one is what did you guys think about the documentary being i guess first time introduction into youtube content like this um for me for me it was just it was kind of more of like i said in the previous episode was i didn't know like a youtube channel could be put together like this Mm -hmm. honestly and to almost like a like a documentary almost type movie in the way the transitions were and everything like it Mm -hmm. just it it was just real and he like made it he made it honestly the best that i mean all the editing and everything it was it was almost just like watching an actual documentary you know it's Mm -hmm. just on youtube you know what i'm saying so i thought Mm -hmm. him and his buddy did a pretty good job yeah and this this isn't a plug for youtube uh but, but yeah, I mean, kind of before, like you had said, we should watch this. I, I, I had a bad view of YouTube. Um, like, I don't know why, but like, why is the stigma that like, I don't know. I just thought it was like for kids. Like, I kind of like always just mm-hmm. thought like YouTubers were just kind of like annoying. And mm-hmm. like, I had that. I don't know. I, did you feel that, Jack? Like that stigma? That, for like, sure. I think it's just because of the way we. Yeah, I think it's just because of the way we were brought up and what YouTube was when we were kids to seeing what it is now. Yeah, but like it's kind of it. It's well, actually like really cool to watch. I think yeah. a lot of it is, um, and this is a big thing that a lot of YouTubers will say, and a lot of the problem I have with like mainstream media versus digital media. The only time you hear about YouTube is the bad things. Like you hear about the Logan Paul thing. You hear about, oh, YouTubers did this. You don't hear about the good shit YouTubers do. It's a very even now it's a very niche culture in the fact of if you're not in it, you probably know absolutely nothing about it. 
So you don't know the really good creators coming up. You just hear about the shit that happens. And the mainstream media has a very, very poor view on YouTube. Um, and one, I think that's trying to bring them down. Well, mm-hmm. well I think it's one because <laughs> of advertising around. stuff. Like they are competitors as far as who are advertisers going to choose. But the other thing is a lot of negativity just fuels news anyway. No one wants yeah. to hear about a good YouTube creator doing something cool. They don't hear about the time someone fucks up. That's true. Yeah. That, that that is true and, and what it is now but that documentary literally changed my whole view of what even could take place on youtube yeah. to be honest with you like the seriousness because like there's ninja on there you know he's doing Fortnite, he's doing his dances but there's actually people on there interviewing people about their lives and yeah stuff like that. And like like real actual yeah it's not yeah. just like yeah. people talking about their lives like mm-hmm. it's like, exactly there's people and creating things on there that oh, that's yeah. the thing about youtube is even after watching that like that documentary that's only like the jake paul thing with clout gang and all of that is just a subculture of everything else yeah like that's not the youtube entirety that's that's a big portion with a lot of views and stuff but that doesn't even touch the breadth of gaming culture or the comedy or like old school youtubers who came up with shane that are less groupy or clicky than a lot of the new ones are that have gone on to do other things and like david dobrik and all of those people it's just that small slice of what you got which is really really cool yeah yeah but like i think you're just right like i just don't i've never heard about it so i don't know what to watch or know where to go mm-hmm. like even like david dobrik you've talked about him a decent amount to me so like i like watched like one of his vlogs and listened to his podcast and like he's a funny dude and like i actually enjoyed him but like before i just kind of assumed he was annoying i don't know why that stigma mm-hmm. is there but like it yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It's just like the negative press that it always gets. Yeah. And but he was like a really funny and genuine dude. And and I think there's this whole thing about like even TV shows where it's like, oh, it's a Netflix original. You know it's well produced. Like, you know, even if it's a bad show, you're just not gonna watch it. But I feel like when it's YouTube people are doing it or smaller yeah. teams are doing it, there's just the stigma of, oh, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. When people like you have Casey Neistat, who's putting out docs for Sean Mendez and other things as high quality as anyone else can do. And that's him and his team choosing a platform on YouTube. Uh, Casey Neistat had a show on HBO and said and decided to fuck that. He didn't like the bureaucratic process and he took his platform to YouTube. Yeah, so, no, for sure. Freedom, yeah. man. Freedom. Yeah, it's all, fuck the it's man. honestly awesome. It's honestly that, awesome. I've said that twice now this podcast. Fuck the man. So I guess, what do you guys think about Jake Paul, given he's a controversial character and gets a lot of bad press, but this doc shed a lot of light on not only what he's done, because he's done a lot of shitty stuff, but the like his mind and why it ended up this way and the culture behind it. I think he kind of ended up getting a worse rep. Because like kind of what like this this documentary showed was like he was, he's really, at the end of the day, playing a character online. And even though like, He's making like very personal blogs that are about like him living his life every day. Like it's every day, bro. Like that was yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like even though it's like about him living like his like everyday life, like he's he's not actually like that. But it's a show. But, like yeah, like it's a show at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, but like because it's YouTube and because it looks so personal, I think people just really took him for as that's actually him, and it's not. 
a thing and he played into it because it was getting so big and mm-hmm. getting so crazy so he kept going crazy and crazy so i don't i mean i'm not saying he's like a good person but i think there's yeah there's more to the story there yeah i think that's really interesting because um a lot of people obviously jake has said in in his documentary that his viewership his demo skews a little bit younger so a lot of people don't know one the impact he's had on youtube and just how insane what he's accomplished and the time he had is like there was times where he would average three to five million views per day seven days a week which is insane on just Mm -hmm. daily vlogs him doing stuff like Mm -hmm. david dobrik can pull that off but he's only he releases three times a week the other thing is his business accomplishments like one with team 10 was an insane business and it surprised me that Shane and a lot of other people didn't know that Team 10 was an investor backed business. It was a talent agency and a lot of yeah. people didn't know that. Um so I think that surprised a lot of people but they had a lot of success cuz a lot of what Jake touched just turned to gold and he's a partner at a venture capital firm called TGZ Capital that wasn't even mentioned in the documentary with Cameron Dallas and one of their friends who's a big time investor who's also our age, Patrick Finnegan, which they don't even touch upon, um, which, which is pretty insane. Like what he's accomplished and that's why I've always really respected him and he's done shitty things. But like I said in a previous episode, a lot of it's like the Bieber thing, man. You're young, you get famous really quick. There's a lot of money. Yeah. You're surrounded by a shit ton of yes men in an entourage that depends on you. In a toxic culture, whether it be YouTube or Hollywood or anything like that, you're going to do stupid shit and you're going to get a little messed up. No, I agree, Connor. And, and like after watching it and everything, though, like, I mean, the guy's still not like there to me, though. Like the way he like answers questions questions and 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 like when shane asks him stuff Dude, you i don't mean, answer questions no, but, but with him it's just like uh to, uh to, you know and with uh, me it's just yeah. like yeah like yeah like he doesn't like, know how to no, okay yeah. fair but which is bullshit dude he's a man in his 20s and i mean so are you. get it together so are you he's younger than you are okay uh, okay yeah no okay well he took a shot in that last documentary so i don't know about that uh he's one year younger yeah okay so he's 21 okay all right anyways he might be 22 i don't know I but, but but i i thought some of his antics and the stuff that he did was not good in regards to forcing the kids to you know hey kids tell your parents to buy my merchandise dude like dude, shit like that yeah, but just comparatively we can we all agree that we we really like bieber here on the nonsense podcast or am i alone in this no, yeah, I, like I, I could write my thesis on why bieber is the star of our generation yes thank yeah, you so do you, do you remember when bieber got in trouble for like backstage at a concert he was pissing in a bucket and like yelled fuck those <laughs> or something like that like <laughs> look back and that like that's just like that's but this is what this guy does for a living that's a shitty yeah dude but imagine if bieber had a camera what kind of shit is that what kind of shit bieber's a singer man i know i know that's what i'm saying is bieber i I, bieber was doing the exact same things he just didn't have a camera around him 24 7 Mm-hmm. See, that's what you don't get. It's about and the music. and like and like you think about Leo DiCaprio, dude, dude. It's Leo, about the music. Dude. Dude, dude, Leo DiCaprio was in a friend group called the Pussy Posse. You don't think okay. they got up to some bad shit? I'm How sure do you know that? Did. Were you in it? Well, yeah. it's him and Toby McGuire. <laughs> was and that what they named it? Friends, yeah, they called themselves the Pussy Posse. All right. 
right. I'm sure Mark Wahlberg was in that too, though. Close. I don't think they were friends when they were young. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Different. Mark Wahlberg ran with a different crew. Yeah. He no. was with the Funky Bunch. Not a- after the Funky Bunch and entering the film dude, industry. Dude, Mar- entered- first, okay, I'm going to look this up, who was in the Pussy Posse. Look, then, there's look no up. way. Jackie, if you, you. Know, if you didn't know it exists, then I guarantee. I knew yeah, Tobey Maguire. I knew been wrong again on this podcast. Dude, I knew Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio are best podcast. friends. They also hung out with Mark Wahlberg at that age. Google. All right, let's pictures. see this. Pussy there's Posse. pictures everywhere. So the, pussy posse, the, pussy pussy posse, posse. the pussy posse was uh, comprised of Leo DiCaprio, David Blaine. Weird, wow. weird, wow, weird, weird. Oh, he did he did magic to get in there. That yeah. was cool. It was probably really cool when he was there, yeah. though. <laughs> Toby Maguire, Harmony Corin. Let's see who is he. He was a uh, filmmaking. I don't know. I don't know who he is, but um, Kevin Conley. Oh, from the Entourage. He's in the he's yeah. in Entourage. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, Kevin Conley. I don't J- think J-R- was in the Pussy Posse. J.R. Ferguson, Lucas Haas, R.D. Robb. Yeah, no Wahlberg. There's no Wahlberg in that. Told I'm not you. saying that he was in the Pussy Posse. That's what I'm you just said. Were, I'm saying that they were friends. Just because they're friends doesn't mean that they Okay, but Mark Wahlberg together. used to get into a bunch of mischief. He wasn't a good guy. He must have not have been close enough. He must he have not been close. I mean, he's done some shitty stuff, but um but regardless, yeah, no, but he has done some shitty things. But I think that's the thing with Jake. Like he's obviously not excusing the shit he's done, but I, I don't know. I think he's a good guy. He's really really talented and smart despite people calling him stupid. Um but I think the other thing, the most interesting thing that Shane brings up in this doc is about the culture behind it. I um, mean, something that stuck out for me was Shane saying, like, look, none of these people are really that bad. It's this culture of them trying to get views and them playing up any beef that they have because it's working for them. Like that whole thing with Faze Banks when there was the uh, Alyssa Violet uh, yeah. accused sexual assault when it's like, oh, well, they might not have said anything because they all benefited from it, which gets so toxic when you have a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds with a shit ton of investor-backed money and their own money in this culture. It's fascinating. It's re- It really is a jungle out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... It is kind of just—I don't know. That's fine. That's a fucking hard position to be put in when you're 18, 19 to have that much power. Yeah, it's 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 very very underplayed how much power and influence and money these YouTubers have. Yeah, the amount of money they make, like like the fact that at that age he had his like own house and like shit like that, and his girlfriend was living in it. That thing was like a mansion, dude. So well, I mean, that, that's the their that's money the, that, that's that the they company. make and stuff. I that's have the no company clue. house. That's that's the thing is team even, 10, even when she was living in, in team it? ten and those are a company. It's it's essentially a talent agency. Oh no way. Jack Jack, did you just sign off so you could find these two pictures of Mark Wahlberg yeah, and Ted? Yeah, for, that's for, not two pictures. I'm just showing them that they for were listen, for listeners. Jack just sent pictures in the group chat of Leo and Mark Wahlberg when they were young to try and prove a point. 
I'm and both of both of them are talking about their feud from the movie The Basketball Diaries. Yeah. So it and, sound they, like and they did a movie together at that age. The, ar- ar- the, ar- the argument was whether or not he was in Pussy Posse and he wasn't. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. And also, this doesn't sound like they're friends. Both of them say they were feuding. And it's over a movie they did together. So it just sounds like yeah. they did a movie together. They don't really. They like they how, old were they? how old were they in 95? 19? 20? Old enough. To what? Pa- to party. <laughs> to party. <laughs> no, like, can, can we take a second? One, um, Jack's Google was Mark Wahlberg, Leo, and Toby <laughs> as kids. <laughs> What a good! I was desperate. I was desperate. People's Google searches fascinate me. Like the way Mm -hmm. everyone else does Google searches. Like yeah, and like uh, people in the the, or listeners won't understand this, but we have a group meet with our fantasy football league, and when people were Lions fans were shitting on Jack, and Kevin posted that photo of. Matt Stafford and didn't crop out his Google. It was just like Matt Stafford partying to make a point <laughs> between two girls. She's like, dude, cover up your Google. <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe that happened. Um, Mark Wahlberg, Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby McGuire as kids. As kids. Yeah. That was it. It had to be quick. It had to be quick. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you guys have any, have any other comments on like uh, the culture of Jake Paul or the doc or anything like that? No, I like Shane Dawson. Jake Paul's still an idiot. I like Jake. Uh, I think I'm team 10. I think I'm not low gang. I'm definitely not low gang. Dude, I, I will say the one person out of anyone featured in that doc that I really don't like is Logan. I think he, yeah. he's the worst. Yeah. He didn't really have anything redeemable about himself. No. And the whole thing about him uh, after... So for those of you who don't watch one, I highly recommend you do. It's eight parts. It's long, but it's a very entertaining mm-hmm. watch. Logan, who's Jake's older brother, bangs Logan's ex-girlfriend. Well, dude, you got a yeah, spoiler alert. Well, that's uh, not well, you don't know the reason behind it. That's not a spoiler. Okay. And this is known that, before that was the doc. Knowledge before the doc. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Basically, what he says is when he was confronted, it was basically, oh, I'm savage and didn't give a fuck that he banged his little brother's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, not a good dude. Same dude who filmed a dead body in the suicide forest. And posted his morals. Questionable morals. Uh, Yeah, he also said being a sociopath just means you're more savage. (laughs) That's uh, pretty sure. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like him. Um, but that's about all the time we have. As you know, every show we give some people some gas. So it's time for Grant gases his guys. Brought to you by Shell Corporation. Grant, who are we gassing this week? Um, we're gonna gas a guy that he he does not listen very often. <laughs> he, is a, yeah, he is a supporter of us, and uh, he always will be. My my uh, my own kin. We're gonna gas up Sawyer Knibby. The uh, I'm going to see his football game this weekend. The guy threw back on the pads. He's back out there. He is playing club football at Loyola University. Yep, go Wolves. Whoop, whoop, go Wolves. Go Wolves. And I think they're actually the Ramblers, but, like, there's a wolf in the logo. Yeah. Ramblers. Why not? Ramble on. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go see him play uh, as, I think it's against Southern Illinois University uh, on Saturday. So, 
fuck Southern Illinois University. Sawyer's going to go for 10 receptions, 110 yards, two tutties. I'm calling it. Sounds like Michael Thomas this Sunday. (laughs) Oh! Something I never say. Touchy subject. But But anyway, Sawyer, I got your gas right here. Uh, I I think... I think you actually, you're, you're getting an electric car, so we'll, we'll, we'll charge you up. We'll charge you yeah, up. Yeah, charge him up. Charge him up. Charge him up. Sawyer, I just love you. I just want to throw that in there. I just love you so much. Yeah, you're a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have, guys. We also, as of last podcast, we launched a website, thenonsensepodcast.com. We will be releasing funny content, intre- interesting content, things we like on there every week uh we're not sure of our schedule yet but there will be new stuff there every week from our six or seven contributors so go check that out follow us on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen it would mean a lot give us all your money thanks a lot guys we'll see you next week <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.